And welcome to Talk to Talk. I am Buzz Eisenberg. And I'm Bill Newman. And uh, as is usually the case, we are just so pleased to have GCC Professor Emeritus Brian Adams on our Science and Sensibility uh, segment here on Talk to Talk. Uh, we have with us here in the studio Brian and Paul Legres, a couple of fun guys talking about fun guys. Oh my golly, do we really have to start with that? But we are fun guys, and we are going to talk about fun guy. And let me tell you one, let me start with one little thing that I did that I'm very proud of on these cold winter days. What better way to uh, to take your time and make something yummy than a wonderful mushroom broccoli cheddar soup. Mm. And I did that the other day, and the recipe actually only called for broccoli and cheddar and then, of course, flour and stock and all that stuff, and onion. But I thought, no, uh-uh, this begs for mushrooms. So we went to the Sunday market in East Hampton and got some um, edible mushrooms, grown some shiitakes, uh, grown on logs, uh, and put those in the soup, and oh my goodness, it was great. So here with us in the studio today to talk about all things fungi and mushrooms is Paul Legrasse. He's the owner of New England Wild Edibles. He does all sorts of mushroom foraging and uh, selling, and he's at the Tuesday markets in Northampton in the summer with his uh, edible, wild edible mushrooms and also his grown mushrooms. Paul, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, it's nice to be here. So, Paul, I want to start with a sort of basic question. What the heck is a mushroom? I mean, it's not an animal. We know that, right? But it's not a plant. What is it? Well, mushrooms are their own kingdom, and that was only sort of brought forward in the last, I want to say, 30 years. So prior to that, they were uh, put with botany. So if you went to school and you wanted to learn some mycology, you would go into the botany department. And now it's uh, been brought out that it's actually its own kingdom. Mushrooms are everywhere. They're in the water. They're in the ocean. They're in the air in terms of spores that go into the air. They are... Um, just about every niche, from the Ar Arctic to the equator. Wait a minute. There are mushrooms in the Arctic? Yes. Wow. And mushrooms in the water? Yes. Is that the spores or actual mushroom mushrooms? So when we talk about mushrooms, we're talking about the sexual organ, just to, just to fit into the last segment. But it, they, are the, the, uh, <clears throat> they are the apparatus that send out the spores. Not all, not all mycelium, which is actually the real part of the mushroom, are um, produced mushrooms. So the mycelium are in the soil or in some substrate that they're eating, and that's what that's what their job is. They they break down uh, organic material into something that they can digest, and it it turns it into a uh, it turns it into a uh, something that is a mushroom and it's in it's, it's in cheese like a, it's and it's almost wine. like a like a fruiting body of the organ uh, organism itself which is a mycelium buzz no You're, if you don't like mushrooms don't worry it'll grow on you oh golly please buzz someone can we turn his mic off <laughs> oh my golly um, let's go back to the science word of the day mycelium mm -hmm. so what so the main thing that a 
fungus is is the mycelium, and then it kind of shoots up this fruiting body, which is which is a mushroom. Can you talk about mycelium and and again, how how does this organism live? What does it do? Mycelium uh, also are everywhere. When you step outside into, say, a forest, maybe not on a blacktop, but maybe even under blacktop, you'll find some. Uh, miles and miles of these mycelium, which are microscopic to almost visible. So when you pick a mushroom, you can see the mycelium coming off of the 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 uh, bottom part. They're almost like thread-like, white thread-like things. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's what's very interesting now is that they've discovered that ninety percent of plants out there are are um, have a mycorrhizal connection to to uh, mycelium. I'm sorry, mycorrhizal. You said yeah. What so it's a mean? mycorrhizal means that the plants live uh, in a in a con, con, well, I want to say they actually take the soil nutrients, the water from the soil, and transfer it to the plants. In, in return, they get the carbon-based uh, product that plants do, which, which is through photosynthesis to, to create carbon. So it's a wonderful symbiotic, there's another science word, symbiosis, uh, science word of the day. Um, relationship between fungus and plants, and plants and trees depend on this mycelium to bring them stuff, and then the fungus gets stuff from the plant and or tree, right? Yeah. So the mycorrhizal mushrooms are one class of mushrooms that have a symbiotic relationship with mushrooms, and then the kind that most of the kind that I grow and that we we sell are ones that are uh, that live on rotting things. So that's, that's one, of, one of their fortes, is to break down wood and other organic material into, um, into something that, that can be turned into soil. But the, the shiitakes grow on, on primarily oak and maple, and you want to get a fresh oak or maple log and impregnate it with mycelium from shiitake. Oh, hold on. All right, let's step back and talk about this. I just heard impregnate a log with the mycelium. So, so you're a mushroom grower, um, and how does how does that work? We're talking with Paul Legras. He's a mycologist or a wild edible mushroom guy. So you so you forage for mushrooms, but you also grow them on logs. And let's talk about this growing business. For a moment, because the shiitakes that that I put into my wonderful soup were grown on a log, I think, right? I mean, it's the winter. I imagine that's how this, it works. So the shiitakes will grow on uh, either sawdust or logs. Traditionally, they were grown on logs <coughs> in Japan over a thousand years ago. So that's been uh, that's been a, a trend over over a thousand years, and now we have a lot of mushrooms that are created in the middle of winter when in this climate mushrooms are dormant. The, our mycelium is dormant, the, the logs are dormant. So the ones that you probably bought were ones that were grown on sawdust in usually plastic bags that are all the, all the variables are taken care of, meaning 
the 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 heat, the light, the amount of even some in some cases carbon dioxide um, to create mushrooms in the winter. And ninety percent of what we get in the stores are made in that in that method because it's it's actually the most it's the most um, economical way to do it. Growing mushrooms in sawdust in these in these bags. And but but that's not what you do, is nope. that right? So what do you do? So I <coughs> harvest, like I say, the the two best kinds of wood around here for growing mushrooms on are oak, and I have I have access to a bunch of red oak, and and then also maple, sugar maple actually. So the, those two those two woods happen to be the best for growing mushrooms on the. The, the logs are collected really in the next month or so. so and then, then, then they're not that old. You don't want to get older logs because older logs will be infiltrated with, uh, with other mushroom fungus, especially uh, in, in the warmer months. Mushrooms that won't get you what you want. The, yeah. We don't. We want to. We want to uh, advantage the shiitakes. Uh-huh. So we we inoculate, which is what the word I was using was impregnate. It's actually inoculate is a is a better word. I like impregnate, but yeah, we'll, we'll stick with inoculate. Wait, there is an elephant in this room. So uh, it goes something like this: Janie, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be an astronaut. Johnny, what do you want to be? I want to be a mycologist. What happened, Paul DeGrave? How did you end up into mushrooms and fungi? So I I lived on a alternative hippie commune um, in Ithaca, New York, and would walk through the woods. Oh, those kind of mushrooms? No, that they were actually, in my mind, a, a better mushroom than that, in that they grew off the side of trees. You could cut them off with a knife. You could bring them home, put them in a, in a saute pan, and have a nice omelet with some oyster mushrooms. Mm, oyster mushrooms. So I like the free food aspect of it. And of course, yeah, the, the, the diff- that's one kind of mushroom that I have actually don't have a great liking for at this point, just because I think I've eaten too many of them. But shiitakes are really good. Shiitakes are not native to this area. They 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 came from the the areas of I want to say Asia, Japan, uh, China, and all the way down to northern Vietnam. So just to answer my question, so you started at this hippie commune. You found out that there are mushrooms. I I like them. I could use them. To eat, and then you decided to cultivate them. No, that that came that came a little later. What I first liked was foraging, going in the woods and finding these beautiful organisms uh, that were, were were beautiful to look at, and some of them you can eat. It is so beautiful Very, when you in find a, careful... a morel or a hen in the woods, and mm. you go, "Oh my God, I've found this treasure!" Right, right, and so uh, the. The, the thing that I try to point out to uh, students is that <clears throat> you really want to have some sort of a good guidebook. And uh, at this commune, they had uh, a really good guidebook that was one of the original 
guidebooks. The, um, the one that I recommend now is Mushrooms of the Northeastern United States by a guy named Timothy Baroni, who teaches at New York. And is it enough to have a guide? Because you've got to be careful out there, right, Paul? I mean, if you're foraging for wild mushrooms, you have got to know what you're doing. And you can't have a good guidebook. I'll correct one thing. You see, you have to have a great guidebook. And you need someone like yourself to take people out because one mistake can be your last mistake. Am I wrong in saying that? It's, it's, not, uh, it's not good to just use the guidebook. You want to have a guidebook. You want to have a guide. You want to join a club. You want to watch somebody else who's who's bragging about this edible mushroom, eating it, and then see him in a couple of days. Or, How are you? Are you doing okay? Okay. And then, and then if it tastes if it tastes good, the guy survived. That's that's one way <laughs> one way to. Oh, I'll have one of those. He survived. Yeah, he's still alive. We're talking with Paul Legras. He is a mushroom man. He sells at the Tuesday Market. And I just have North to ask, I have to ask a question. And that is, I'm always wondering, should I rinse my mushrooms? You can rinse them, sure. We That's, should or we can? It's sort of a culinary, not, I think it's a, it's a, quite, a little bit of a fallacy. As long as you're not like soaking them, you want to rinse off the top part. That's actually a good thing to do. And you don't want to eat, you don't want to be eating too much gravel, although I'm not against it. But I just, the, 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 uh, the saying is there's old mushroomers and there's bold mushroomers, but there's no old bold mushroomers. So in terms of you want to be very sure of what you're putting we're, in your mouth. We're going to be back with Professor Brian Adams and Paul Legrez, New England Wild Edibles Mushrooms. Uh, this is fascinating. We'll be right back. Listening to Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg. You're listening to Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg. WHMP. We are back with <laughs> Professor Brian Adams, and you have a live in color mycologist. And he's got a live mushroom with him. Um, we're talking with Paul Legress from New England Wild Edibles about all things mushroom. So, Paul, you got to be careful out there. I mean, there are poisonous mushrooms that can look like edibles. Um, you really have to know what you're doing. I want to get back on this. You teach classes at Greenfield Community College, uh, one in the fall on wild foraging and the other in the spring on um, growing sh- mainly shiitakes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, are you getting good response from students, people signing up for classes, people interested in this? It's very popular now, and uh, I, I love doing it. The students are really, really interested in finding out about all the peculiarities of, of mushrooms and my, mycology and, and mycelium and 
what you can eat and what you can't. But I like I underline what's actually very important in that some mushrooms that we have around here, a very small percentage, but enough of a percentage that you want to really know what you're doing to stay away from. And there's a class, uh, there's a, uh, Amanitas are, are a family of mushrooms that um, we usually try to keep students looking at taking pictures of, but not consuming. And then there's about three or four other mushrooms in this area that uh, are also uh, poisonous, deadly poisonous. By poisonous, oh, deadly, that was my question. They kill you or make you sick? Uh, they're deadly poisonous. Aye. So it's something that you really want to be on top of. And uh, I'll describe to the students the, the process that, that your body goes through when you've consumed one of those mushrooms. And a problem with those have been in the past that, there, that, uh, that there's um, mushrooms that look a lot like uh, this, this mushroom called the angel, angel of death which um, is an amanita that is pure white. And people from Asia that have come here for whatever reason will confuse it with one of, one of their mushrooms in, in usually Southeast Asia, and they'll actually, they will actually uh, have, have very, very grave concerns with this Toxin -like. cycling through their liver and kidneys, and both of those are basically dissolved. So you really have to know what you're doing. And listeners, you know, mushrooms are great, and mushroom foraging is so cool. But as Paul Legrasse from New England Wild Edibles has said, a book, a guidebook's not good enough. You really have to have to take a class. You have to go out there with someone um, who knows what they're doing, like 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 Paul. I I have to ask you this, Paul. Have you ever made a mistake? Have you ever eaten something and went, oh, crap, that's not what I should have done? The, uh, the one thing that I have to say about eating mushrooms that are actually good to eat is you have to cook them. You have to cook them enough to break down some of the lignans that are harder to, di to digest. And so if you, if you get one of one of everybody's favorite wild mushrooms is called the chicken of the woods and chicken of the woods is that the I, same as hen of the woods no chicken of the woods is uh, is more orange and yellow and you can get individual mushrooms that are as big as as big as uh 100 pounds on one one mushroom whoa 100 pounds on one mushroom uh unbelievable and Bill, oops, I'm sorry. Bill, uh, you have a question for Paul Legrez. He's muted. So, here he's, here's uh, his question. We, Shiitake mushrooms is not native, but have they escaped to the wild so they can be found outside now? I get that question a lot, and they're, they don't do well transferring to a natural, the natural environment here because... They're just not suited for it. That being said, if, if I have a mushroom log that I've inoculated and it's growing my, uh, shiitakes on it. Excuse me, impregnated, not <laughs> inoculated. Go on. We can go with impregnated. That 
that uh, that they will say they're they're placed on a pallet outdoors is the way is the way that they grow, and then we can get into that a little bit more. But what happens is the mycelium them, the, themselves, which which basically is uh, a portion of the shiitake that's growing in the log, will transfer to the pallet hardwood, and you can get some shiitakes growing out of there. But they don't. They have they have yet to cross over into into this environment. So if you're eating shiitakes, you're eating farm grown shiitakes, essentially. Yes. Uh, you don't you don't forage for those. Your favorite mushroom to forage for? We just have a minute and a half left. Uh, my favorite is different kinds of chanterelles and black trumpets. Chanterelles are a mycorrhizal, back to mycorrhizal, which is the, the ones that ha have to grow in conjunction with a certain tree or plant. And the, the, the trees that they like to grow under are hemlock and sometimes a few other trees around here. But the, the uh, black trumpets also have are, are mycorrhizal, and those are a black uh, trumpet-shaped mushroom, and uh, they're really, really good. Such a cool name, Black Trumpet. What a, what a great mushroom name and a great mushroom to eat. Um, Paul, for folks who want to know more about fungus and mushrooms, and uh, can they get in touch with you? Can they take a class? Where, where should they go? Uh, the classes are at GCC, so you can just sign up for them. They have a, a deal now for people that haven't had a haven't gotten their degree. They're over 25. Uh, I think it's it's free to take courses. Hurrah for that. Thank you. And more healer. And right. And then um, the second thing I, I recommend is joining a club. And there's a local club, Pioneer Valley Mycological Club, that is um, that is very active and and full buzz. I believe of fun guys and fun women and fun. Uh, other folks too. Is that correct? Do you think all sorts of fun human beings? So, Paul Legres, how do people get in touch with you at New England Wild Edibles? It's the website is newedibles.com, which is the acronym of New England Wild Edibles, uh, with the edibles not being part of that acronym. Or they can Facebook at New England Wild Edible. Uh, that's those are the two ways. And visiting farmers markets is a great way to support local farmers and get, get the mushrooms. And Paul, you will be soon, I want to say soon, but probably April or something appearing in the Tuesday market. Um, and it's so fun. There's always a line at your place because you're a chatty guy and a talkative guy and everyone wants to ask you questions. But it's worth waiting in line for the mushrooms. Uh, Paul Legras. I, I just want to say they are beautiful. I mean, yeah. they are oh. really beautiful to look at. Um, beautiful to look at, beautiful to eat, or yummy to eat. Indeed. Thank you so much, Brian Adams. Thank you so much, Paul Legras. We will be right back with Dust Up Thank with you. Dusty Christensen, our investigative reporter. This is Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg.